Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It's time for our latest spoiler-filled movie review here on the All-American Spook Show Podcast. We take a deep dive into what makes each movie good or bad. Stick around at the end. Donnie has connections linking each movie to past episodes. Will gives the official kill. Professor Smoke gives his gore score. And of course, we all give our star ratings. As they say, on with the show. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the All-American Spook Show Horror Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm joined here with Donnie. Hey. And Will. What's up? And we're going to be joined by Professor Smoke a little bit later in the show. He's uh, he's finishing up his assignments for right now, so uh, he isn't able to be here off the top. But we will get him in here at some point or another. Um, but first off, we want to wish you a Happy New Year. Yes. Welcome to 2022. And I'm, I'm battling bronchitis right now as we speak, so... <clears throat> on my end, it's going to be a little rough as we uh, go through the program here. I'm going to be uh, have I got plenty of fluids here and cough drops, and uh, hopefully I can make it through it without completely losing my voice. But yeah, unfortunately, you'll be sorely. Uh, uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. I, I already yes. regret it. See, like that fast, I already regret it. Immediate regret. <laughs> so this is uh, episode eighty-nine here on January third, twenty twenty-two. <clears throat> so we've already began the new year like we said and we're going to be watching new year's evil from 1980 so this mm. is kind of going to officially kick off our january it's going to kind of unofficially be canon month because this movie was made by you know canon group and distributed by canon film distributors and um later on in the month we have our uh patreon poll winner from um <coughs> december you know every month we have we give you three choices on patreon you go there and you vote and then we will watch one of those movies. Well, that particular one won't this month won't happen until literally the last day of the month. Episode yeah. episode ninety three will be the Patreon poll winner. And um those three choices were X ray, aka Hospital Massacre, Enter the Ninja, and was it ten to midnight? I think I said <laughs> I completely yeah, blanked. I was gonna say midnight. I was yeah. gonna say three to midnight, but that's probably something completely different. <laughs> so we'll see later on in the month which one of the patrons uh, chose for us in the month of December, but the, uh, the 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 key point is all three of those movies are canon films as well. So is this one, and then in two weeks, on uh, January seventeenth, we're going to be watching Malignant. Now, although that's not a canon film, it is very canon esque. I will say that. <laughs> so it kind of fits into the motif of what we've got going here, and of no. course next week, uh, episode ninety will be our first ever Spook Show Rewind, where the whole premise of that is we go back literally to episode one and we kind of talk about it again. And this gives an opportunity for Donnie to kind of give his, you know, his two cents, his rating and uh, you know, the crypt connections, all that stuff that we do now that we didn't do back then. Mm-hmm. And obviously Donnie wasn't on the show. So next week we're going to be doing the uh, spook show rewind on episode one reanimator. So it'll be a good time uh, revisiting that one again and uh, seeing what Donnie has to think about it. So that come back next week for that. But so yeah, like I said, hopefully per, uh, the professor will join us later on the show so we can get his uh, thoughts here on new year's evil, because these older ones always tend to skew his way anyway. So we definitely want his uh, viewpoint on this one. So um, 
Uh, before we get to the background information and the movie itself and everything, I'll go ahead and toss out the usual information. Uh, first and foremost, here in the New Year, if this is the first time you've listened to us, we are a spoiler-filled podcast. So if you haven't watched New Year's Evil or any of the other movies in past episodes, like you know, don't listen to our episode until you go watch the movie because if you're ever interested in the movie, we're going to spoil it, you know, totally. But anyways, I'll toss out the usual contact information. You can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. We're over on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Slasher app, TikTok. You should be able to find us on all those by searching for All American Spook Show. Our Twitter, our Twitter handle is at AA Spook Show. We have our YouTube channel where every Wednesday, usually around 9 p.m. East, we do Deadline Horror News Live. It's a live stream with the latest horror headlines and whatever else pops up there. <clears throat> That's every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. East over on our YouTube channel. We have a T Public page where you can get logoed merchandise and other designs that we have over there that helps out the show. And, of course, we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash Show, where you can join starting at a dollar all the way up to, like, this, you know, goofy $1,000 level that probably no one will ever do. But we throw it out there. We make it available. You never know. The, the biggest thing there is every Tuesday we have a new video minisode where the uh, main event there is the library of the professor where Smoke will take something from his library, and, you know, we'll talk about that. Um, it, it, uh, also, you get early access to episodes. Um, we have those monthly polls, like I said, that will decide a movie that we're going to watch the following month and a few other things. So go over to patreon.com slash show for all that. But uh, for right now, I guess I'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for New Year's Evil. One night, they were celebrating New Year's Eve. He was out, ending their life. I'm going to commit murder at midnight. Call me evil. Every New Year's Eve, the caller came out. So there's the trailer for New Year's Evil. So uh, I guess, Donnie, I'll toss to you first. What were your, well, first off, is this the first time you've watched this and what are your thoughts on it? This actually was the very first time I watched it. Um, um, <laughs> my initial thoughts on it, I, I probably last, let's see, it's, uh, I guess, total runtime is about an hour and 25 minutes. It lost me probably about an hour into it. <laughs> um, so I was just like, all right. 
this is just keep going. But um, but not my my rating is going to reflect that. We'll get into it later. But um, uh, you know, it, it does have some redeeming qualities. But you know, well, what do you say? Yeah, definitely the first time I've seen it. Um, this this movie like interesting for about the first like ten or so minutes to me. <laughs> and then it just kind of felt like the same thing over and over, you know, like, you know, he's, he's doing his thing every hour and, and then it, then it, then it had like a nice little twist, you know, like two thirds of the way through, but then the, the purpose of it's kind of sent stupid. So I, I don't know, like, like it's, it's a fine movie, you know, it, it, it's, how about this? It's the best New Year's horror movie I've ever seen. Ah, there you go. That's a high, that's a high <laughs> yeah. bar. Smoke, did you just join us? What's up? Yeah, I don't know if I, I didn't know if I joined while y'all were actually live recording yet, or if y'all were just uh, no, we're recording, waiting. but that's we're recording, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll go ahead and toss to you. Like, is this the first time you watched the movie, and what were your thoughts either way? I know not the first time I didn't see it when it first came out in 1980, but I did sometime back in the late eighties, probably during you know, VHS rental days. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you pretty much, I don't know if y'all talked about this, but, uh, you pretty much got to like that theme song or you're going to hate the movie because 90% of the movie <laughs> is that theme song. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Let me exaggerate a little bit. It's not 90%, <laughs> no. but it, it does play at least five or six times. <laughs> it's not 90%. It's uh, only 75%. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of it is, is going to be some other new wave type, you know, new wave punk music. So if you don't like any sort of new wave punk music, you're probably going to really hate this movie. And you still might even you still might love some new wave punk music, and still hate this movie. So. Except for that one random <laughs> part of blues guitar in the middle of it, where they all just kind of silent. Yeah, yeah. They're silently shuffling along, dancing to the music. <laughs> you call that dancing? Oh, and I then, thought they turned into zombies. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Oh yeah, and speaking of that, I mean we haven't got into this yet into the movie, but uh that it just reminded me when you're talking about dancing like zombies and everything. When there was like a semi I don't know as you call it, a mosh pit scene during the beginning during the uh I guess during the New Year's Eve party when they were supposed to be, you know, the new wave punk band was playing and they're supposed to be sort of in a pogo dancing mosh pit type thing or whatever, and they were like it was the most uh the most polite mosh pit I've ever seen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was an organized mosh pit. Yeah, 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 that was something. Like, oh, did I did I run into you? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my mistake. It was a very slow march, but, <laughs> <laughs> oh. but no. What I, the first time I saw it back then, that was, <laughs> I mean, I was kind of steeped in the '80s slashers by the time, and it wasn't one that like you know, it didn't, it didn't grab me and you know, like like uh, the Burning or say or the Prowler or Maniac or those types of movies did. It was kind of one of those that. Uh, I mean, I kind of, I like I dig the New Year's Eve theme. At least it had a New Year's Eve theme, and we could we could talk about some other movies that didn't even have that were called like Bloody New Year that you know didn't really have much of a New Year's theme at all. So at least it didn't did live up to its name. You know, it's New Year's Eve. It's a slasher movie that takes place on New Year, so it had that going for it. I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're right about uh, that. Like and, they, didn't, they didn't shy away <laughs> from the fact that it is New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah, and it New all Year's takes Eve. place on New Year's, and it, New Year's is actually tied into the yeah, plot yeah. of the movie. So. Uh, there's that. Uh, <laughs> now I watched it. I've probably only seen it one. No, I probably saw it two more times before this time. This is my third time watching it. <laughs> oh, and it's one of those that I could. What's that? My condolences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what could be said? There's, there's, you could do worse. And when it comes to slasher movies from the '80s, and you could do a lot better. 
Yeah. But uh, and we'll get into all that. But uh, my initial reactions were eh, and my reactions now are, I mean, having seen it now a third time, I knew what it was going to be. So it's, I, I don't, you know, we're not getting into ratings and all that stuff yet. But uh, I don't hate it still. But it's not certainly not my favorite. <laughs> as we hear, uh, as we hear, the, and the like tomb, said, those, as we hear the tomb doors open in the background there. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> this is the flashback to uh, episode one when uh, yeah. Will had to. I had to sit in the car that episode. Bong, bong, bong. <laughs> Bluetooth not connected. Ding, dong, ding. <laughs> uh, that was the least of Will's worries for that night, I think. Yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> that it was. That it was. Yes. <laughs> Donnie, I guess I'll kind of toss to you since my voice is going in and out to kind of give some of the background information as far as, you know, uh, what we normally go through there, if you've got it there. Yeah, um, so this was released in uh, uh, December 19th, 1980, uh, rated R. Um, uh, the total running time, as we previously mentioned, is an hour and 25 minutes. Uh, it was distributed by Canon Films, uh, it, we, as we had uh, alluded to earlier, uh, which we are, well, we had talked about the, the Patreon poll of, of the, uh, the Canon Films, as well as... Uh, uh, a future um, episodes of the uh, Spook Show Spotlight, where we're uh, uh, likely going to do a uh, canon kind of a well, yeah, spotlight on that on uh, canon films. Yeah, yeah. But uh, New Year's Evil out of um, IMDb, um, they gave it 4.8 out of 10 stars, um, and then Rotten Tomatoes was uh, was it 14 percent fresh rating and then the audience score also mimicked that uh, it was a 14 percent it the, was that's the, so, rare time, uh, that's the rare time where both of them just shit all over it 14 percent right? is terrible yeah. <laughs> yeah well you know hard to hard to argue but at the same time you know we'll get into our own our own ratings um it was filmed in la uh los angeles california um, October 15th, 1980. So they didn't waste any time getting this thing edited. Uh, and they probably didn't have to. I thought that uh, was crazy. Like, basically, this thing came out in two, like, filmed and came out in theaters in two months. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's when they started filming. And then, you know, yeah. it probably yeah. took, what, uh, probably another. Uh, I'd give them at least a couple weeks of filming. You know, I, yeah. I never saw a date of when it ended. That's when it began. But yeah, yeah at least a couple weeks. Yeah, budget was at uh, five hundred thousand. How do you? How much? Uh, what was the What was the box office on this? I never saw it. So you would figure probably at least broke even. You would think, um, mm. but, but who knows? Was there a? Well, I guess we'll. I know we'll get to the. Uh, I guess the story aspects of it. But uh, was there ever a sequel? This was my first time seeing it, so I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Smoke out. Um, that that would. Do you remember seeing anything more of this, or was this it? No, I don't remember anything coming out as far as a, a sequel to it of any of any sort. So. I don't think so. Actually, right. uh, coming in five days is uh, New Year's. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, New Year's Evil. Uh, actually, no. Something uh, I found was uh, apparently, I guess this was in the tenth issue of Fangoria. Mm -hmm. uh, there was supposed to be a sequel called Lovers Lane, uh, and it was going to star Wayne Newton. Uh, but apparently, 
Yeah, but apparently, uh, apparently <laughs> there dead. was a scandal going on with Wayne Newton at the time, so it never happened. <laughs> oh, you don't say. <laughs> now, you know, you get around this time period, there's always, like, uh, the box office numbers are a little, you know, sometimes you can find some stuff, sometimes you can't. I didn't see what this one made, but the only thing I could find was that same weekend, the top four. Number four was Raging Bull. Number three, The Formula. Number two, Nine to Five. Uh, one of Donnie's favorites, yep. and number one, one of uh, Smoke's favorites, Any Which Way You Can. So that was the uh, top four that particular weekend, just throwing out there for historical significance. Mm. The taglines for this movie, I, I saw a few, but uh, I- I'll-, I'll read them off here just because they're all uh, pretty good in their own ways. This New Year's, you're invited to a killer party. Uh, another one was a celebration of the macabre. And then, of course, uh, on the poster itself, it says, don't dare make New Year's resolutions unless you plan to live. If nothing else says meh, like those taglines. Yeah. Watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, taglines have better ratings than the, uh, we'll see. That's the thing. The taglines are supposed to sell you on the movie, not like <laughs> not turn you away. Do you have anything to do on a Friday night? If not... <laughs> Oh, okay. You going to bed early? Okay, cool. Here's, a, right, mo- here's a movie. <laughs> uh, it was directed by Emmett Alston. Um, he is known for Nine Deaths of the Ninja, Three-Way Weekend. That sounds interesting. And uh, this one, of course, and Demon Warp. Uh, he's only got eight directing credits and five writing credits, so that, that, that's pretty much his highlights right there. Uh, and another, another favorite of ours, uh, Tiger Shark. He directed that one. His last one that he directed was Little Ninjas in 1993. Still alive, but apparently just went on to other things because, well, no, he's got a co-writing credit on Adam's Package from 2019. (laughs) (laughs) From 2019, so I don't know what the hell he's up to these days, but that's like, Uh. that's the latest thing he's done since like 1993, so I don't know what the fuck this guy does now. But uh, that'll wrap it up for old Emmett Austin. It was written by, screenplay by Leonard Neubauer, and it's based on a story by Neubauer and Emmett Austin. So those are your two, you know, the director and uh, Neubauer. Neubauer is yes. known, known for Black Snake, Run for the Hills, A Fugitive from Justice. Yeah, the um, uh, one of going to the cast, you have uh, Roz Kelly. Um, uh, she's primarily known as, uh, you know, for this role in New Year's Evil. Also, uh, she played um, uh, a role in Happy Days. Um, her her uh, her IMDb credits date back to looks like it's 1968. She was a photographer in a Vietnam film. Oh, good lord! To be more uh, specific, she was Pinky Tuscadero in Happy Days. Oh, is that is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. So that that is like a prominent like cameo role that kept popping up in Happy Days throughout the years. Wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, never seen Happy Days. What? I am. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're off the podcast. <laughs> what do you mean you've never <laughs> seen it? Like, seen I, can under- days, I can bro. understand someone saying they didn't like it, but you've never seen it? What the fuck? Uh, it, it, is it? No, I've never seen it. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, well, I, I guess it's popular, huh? I got, yeah. So are the How about Be- the Andy Griffith show? So are the Beatles, <laughs> and you don't like those either. So we got yeah, that. fuck the Beatles, man. Right, Honestly, so fuck the Beatles. It's but unnecessary. 
Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, all right, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, apparently those are uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so um, looks well. Okay, yeah, it looks like she played the same character role in uh, uh, Blansky's Beauties. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a porno role. I think it must um, have been like a spinoff of Happy Days. I think. No, sorry to hear that. Porno. Uh, I don't know. Um, she also played uh, Flaps and uh, Curse the Black Widow. All right. what, they, they, had a, they had a way about them, like, naming characters in the 70s, man. And, and they are 80s, too, but, like, Flaps and Pinky. <laughs> oh, piss Flaps. What the hell, Sorry, man? let me stop. What? Oh, man. All right, moving on. Moving on. What, to- what, what we... Well, what we got out of Donnie so far was hasn't seen <laughs> fuck the Beatles and piss flaps. <laughs> piss flaps. <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess the uh, uh, main character role uh, of uh, I guess Mister Evil or whatever, uh, Kip Niven. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he, let's see, his uh, IMDb spans ninety three credits. Uh, going all the way back to 1968 as well, where he was in uh, One Life to Live. And he p- sadly passed away in um, 2019. Hmm. But he is primarily known for um, uh, New Year's Evil. Um, he was also in Magnum Force with uh, Clint Eastwood. Nice. Um, he was also in uh, Airport 1975 and Earthquake the Movie. Those um, se- those 70s like disaster flicks are fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I do recall. Power Inferno, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Avalanche, where there's barely a fucking yeah. avalanche. Good stuff. <laughs> but um also uh kind of playing the lieutenant and um uh well, I say lieutenant, detective or whatever you call him. Yeah. Um Chris actor Chris Wallace. Uh he's primarily known for um the Blue Healers, uh, uh, the Slap, uh, the the Incredible Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, the Slap, the Slap. Apparently, there was this. Uh, um, I don't know if it's a movie or a uh, show. I yeah, I guess it's a TV series. Uh, looks like it only lasted maybe five episodes. Yeah, uh, it was called, called the looked, Slap. I just looked at it. It looks like it's a mini. It was a mini series. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he was also in uh, The Incredible Hulk and uh, a movie called Dead End. Hmm. But his IMDb credits span back to 1976. Uh, he was in a TV series called The Edge of Night. And he's also done some uh, uh, softcore soap operas. Um, <laughs> softcore soap operas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um I'd say, more, yeah. I'd say more importantly, past that, we, you know, you should mention the producers there, you know, Golan and Globus, you know, that, that was, that was Canon Films, those guys. Yeah. Which we'll get deeper into those guys here in a couple of weeks when we do the yeah. you know, Spook Show Spotlight on Canon, but it's worth mentioning here now, you know, that they were the two main producers on this film. Yeah, I, I did no, uh, I did no research on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have any uh, this is completely random, but I'm on IMDb following along. And uh, the girl that played Lisa, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the uh, car scene, uh, was the the tag along the third wheel 
that uh, sat in the car yeah, and yeah. barely had a line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually, whenever you see anybody on IMDb, it's got like a nice like shot of them. You know, whether it's a, a you know like a face shot or you know something from a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, it's something from a movie, all right. It's it's her standing outside the liquor store. Except she is like tiny, and and the thing that draws your eye is liquor. <laughs> yeah, like her walking out with the car gone. That's the something best. I was uh, I was actually reading about the uh, the locations uh, that Golden Arrow Liquor Store uh, that they use for that, uh, that film is actually uh, it's a Walgreens now, of course, as it as it typically would be. I think they actually sell liquor in some Walgreens and CVS and stuff in some places, don't they? Yeah, I believe in Connecticut they do. Yeah, certain states. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, whatever. <laughs> that reminds me of when the cops show up and uh, at that liquor store, and then they open up the uh, the dumpster, and the cat jumps out. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. They just had just had to get that one in, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like we could probably do an entire spotlight on how many '80s slasher movies had a jump scare of a cat jumping out oh, yeah, somewhere. The fucking cat. I think we did that in the very first episode with Reanimator, right? Wasn't there a bunch of like, oh yeah, with yeah. the damn yep. cat? Yep. <laughs> now that cat, More, turned, that I cat turned into, turned into the incredible. That, that one turned into the Incredible Hulk, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I mean, like, did you guys have anything else as far as the background stuff was concerned? Any, any trivia or little news and nuggets before we get into the movie itself? I would say the only thing that I found is that the. Um, uh, the actor that uh, played Derek was um, uh, Grant Kramer. He was in. We we had actually mentioned uh, Willie's Wonderland uh, on the um, uh, year in review show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the producers for Willie's Wonderland. Huh. That's that's a strange pull, but uh... yeah, right. <laughs> I've still struggled to figure out what the fuck really was his role in this movie, like. What the hell was that? I don't know. It's just like he was. There was really no reason. Well, I guess you know we'll get to it in a minute, but I guess maybe if they were trying to set up a sequel. Yeah, I guess. But any, any more than Silent Night, Deadly Night, I guess. But <laughs> it's intermission time. Time to pause and refresh at the snack bar. During this short break, you can treat your taste to good food and sparkling cold beverages, including delicious Coca-Cola. If you're hot dog hungry, we have them. Sizzling, juicy hot dogs served in warm, oven-fresh buns, plus a complete menu of all your favorites. Visit the Refreshment Center now. Enjoy delicious food and ice-cold Coca-Cola. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out the service. So I just went and typed in New Year's Evil to see if anything would come up. And one thing actually came up. <laughs> New Year's Evil by Sidney Williams and Michael August, narrated by Maxwell Glick. That sounds fake as hell. Uh, length is five hours and 47 minutes long. And honestly, this looks like a, a like a romantic book or something. I don't know. I don't know what this is, but, uh, you know, as far as genres, because, well, no, it's, it's horror. So, and I just clicked on it, and it doesn't look like it has really anything to do with the movie New Year's Evil. It's just its, it's own separate New Year's Evil story. Um, it's a horror book. So, yeah, if that, if that sounds interesting enough to you to use your credit on, you can go download it by, you know, to get your free audio book. 
by going to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. So if you want to waste it on, I mean, uh, use it on uh, <laughs> New Year's Evil, you, there's, there's, there's your option. So I guess we'll go ahead and get into the movie itself here. Uh, so the movie starts off like basically you get the whole premise that Diane is this uh, punk rock television host named Blaze. And she's getting ready for this big New Year's Eve show that she's having where it's like a countdown show, you know, where I guess it's it's a countdown to midnight kind of thing. But, like, I guess there's musical performances from this band up on the stage and maybe they toss the music videos or something. I'm not, you know, they don't explain the whole setup, but you get the point. And so she's getting ready for this. And then her assistant or her friend, Yvonne, <clears throat> who looks mysteriously like the chick from Demons. Did anybody else? pick up on that like one of the prostitutes from, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Prostitutes point. from demons she looks a little like her but anyways the very first one that gets demonized right the one that yeah, uh, puts yeah. the mask yeah exactly yeah she puts she puts the mask on and gets scratched on her face and then goes full demon yep. yeah that one she looks kind of like her but anyways it just must be the hair you know it, it looks similar so it, it just kind of brought it to mind uh but anyway somebody grabbed like <laughs> The, the water keeps leaking in the shower, so she keeps, like, reaching her hand in there to fix the, you know, the, the faucet. And then somebody grabs a hold of her and stabs her. So there's your first kill. And then you get the credits. Now, this is the first taste, I believe, of the hit yeah. song New Year's Evil by Shadow. <clears throat> that, yeah. <laughs> that is very predominant, to say the least, in this movie. But I think this is the first time you hear it during the credits, right? And then yeah. I'll point out, like, you only go, what, maybe 10 minutes into the movie, and here's a full-on fucking performance of the song. So, like, within the first 10 or 15 minutes, you've heard this song pretty much in full twice. You heard the whole thing all the way through. Yeah. It's not, it's not just, like, you know, a minute and a half of it. It's, like, here's the whole song twice, right out the gates. Yeah, right, and right out the gate, having a kill that was very bloodless, you know, unfortunately. That first kill should, you know. Yeah, frankly, it's, it's fine that you should at least start off. If you're going to have a kill off the top, make it something me- very memorable, you know. Yeah, but that was pretty weak. Though, to go into the song, that's right. the only thing that made it memorable to me was the fact that she looked like the chick from Demons. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Demons came out years after this, so yeah, even back then I wouldn't have had that frame of reference, so it would have been forgettable. By the yeah. way, I looked it up. It's not her. Yeah, just very similar. You know, look, I guess because of the hair, you know, with the beads in her hair and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's, it, I figured it wasn't her. I didn't go the extra mile to look it up. But, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, guess, there is, it's not, not that this show is the Demons episode, but that, I remember that actress, and I can't remember what her name, but I remember her first and last name were the same, right, Willis? The lady the from, uh, Well, the lady I, I'm Demons. looking at uh, the girl that was in this one. Her name oh. is uh, Alicia Danifu. Yeah, the one from Demons had two same names. I mean, I don't know. That's probably not her given legal name but for whatever reason she her first and last name was the same and i, I want to say it's jaretta jaretta or something like that which I, I guess it's it's worth taking a little sidebar on this fucking song right like <laughs> this 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 song by the the band shadow this was this was made for this movie so i guess that's why you get such a heavy dose of it um mm. you yeah know, yeah they're and, proud of that one yeah no doubt <laughs> um it <laughs> says it was written by roxanne seaman <clears throat> and <laughs> Eddie Del <laughs> and Eddie Del Barrio, and they wanted it to be played. You know, they wanted it to be like an original tune to be played by the punk band in the movie. Um, so apparently, 
they actually like sent out requests to several writers to get this song written. And then I guess, you know, they, they uh, submitted theirs and that was the one that was selected. So uh, yeah, like it's become its own thing within itself too. Like there, there's actually like a small cult following just for that damn song. Because apparently I guess it was supposed to be like an album that was released. And, I, and from what I can tell, I guess it was never really released. Like, they said that it was going to be released, and then it just never was released until finally, eventually, like, just within the last handful of years, they finally released it. Because it was just back, from what I can tell, in March of 2020 that MGM released a song on, like, digital streaming platforms. So, like, you can go on Spotify, at least, that I saw it, and you can go pull this song up and listen to it, you know, the single. Um, you can put it on loop, even, if you want to. Yeah. Like a movie. I guess if you just wanted to drive yourself insane on New Year's Eve, you could just put this on a nonstop loop. Um, it might send you to a sanitarium. Yeah. <laughs> it mm-hmm. might. What if a guy will smash a Santa Claus on a tricycle in front of Crawford yeah. Sanitarium, to be exact. Yeah, so I just thought that was kind of an interesting little sidebar. Like, this song kind of took on its own little own life of its own, really. Um, but they shove it so far up your ass. You know, it, it's... <laughs> It's a catchy enough tune to where I could see where, you know, it will become a thing, right? You know, because you hear it so yeah. much, and it's catchy enough. So, But anyways, back to the movie. Um, so you hear that during the credits, and then, then you're introduced to her son, Derek. Diane, you know, Blaze or whatever, her son, Derek. Um, and you can tell he's instantly kind of like there's something weird about him. But, um, you know, he's kind of down in the shits because his mom kind of ignores him because she's got her career going on. Um, then as she's hosting the show, this guy who calls himself Evil calls in and says he's basically the the to summarize he's going to murder somebody close to her at midnight uh i guess like every hour so like east coast midnight central times like you get one times of all, all yeah leading all the way up to west coast uh at midnight and then this is when you get the full performance of new year's evil by shadow up on the stage um then you cut to the old crawford sanitarium there and Evil walks in and he poses as a nurse. I guess he's like a male nurse or something, right? Or a doctor where he, he kind of gets the outfit on and comes into the place and poses uh, as a, uh, let's just say he's a male nurse. Um, and instantly kind of makes himself, you know, gets himself in on the inside of this place. <clears throat> um, then you're introduced to Lieutenant Clayton who, you know, they call the cops. And he comes to uh, help Diane, you know, assess the threat and everything, you know, figure out what's going on here. <laughs> and then it's right after that's when you get the uh, all the punk, you know, the punkers that were just dancing and having a mosh pit. Now all of a sudden they're slow jamming and shuffling along the blues guitar. Uh, there's that scene. Uh, then you cut to Derek, who's, uh, you know, just acting really fucking weird, and he just decides to take like a handful of pills. Um, then you see Evil there at the, at the, at the sanitarium, uh, easily is able to have sex with this nurse who he introduces himself to and then like pulls out a bottle of champagne and then they're instantly having sex. And then right at the stroke of midnight, he stabs her. So there's the, and as he's doing it, he hits like record on the, on the uh, tape deck, you know, so he can record it while he's doing it. So that's his proof that he just killed somebody. And then he calls blaze. (laughs) I love the, uh, the, the voice changing thing too, with the the two. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know this this whole movie kind of, well not the whole movie but those aspects of the voice the person the, the killer calling on the you know on the phone and voice changing and the slasher murder reminds me of another movie it's uh, 
that we have to get to at some point on the show. I don't know if you saw this Lucio Fulci movie, Josh, called New York Ripper. No, I've heard of it, but no, I've never watched it. Heard of yeah, same. It. Yeah, we, we we have to get to that one at some point because uh, it's uh, I don't even want to. I'm not even going to say what the uh, the killer's voice sounds like over the phone because it's just a ridiculous thing that you need to wait until you hear it in the movie. But this movie kind of reminded me a little bit of that, just because of the whole voice changing ridiculousness. Yeah, he's got the tube in there, like changes his voice, and he sounds like Mr. Bean. You know when Mr. Bean yeah. actually talks, <laughs> it's made yeah. evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he calls Blaze to tell her that, you know, uh, 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 that he basically that he is killed, and then another nurse comes in and you know finds her dead. Um, <laughs> then you come back to Derek, who's Derek, her son, is still acting weird in the room over there. He puts a stocking on his head, <laughs> and then sticks a pin like a like a safety pin through his ear. I don't know what the fuck's going on with this guy. <laughs> Don't make any damn as sense. As he's doing this with a stocking, he says, they think I'm crazy. Or yeah. something like and he puts the stocking in his head, and, and then he says something like, well, are they right? Or are they, well, yeah, they're like, yeah, they're fucking right. So yeah. <laughs> as just evidenced by what you did, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> um, I guess it's just to show the slow de- you know, descent into madness that her, her son is experiencing. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, like they revi- at first you'd be like, well, maybe they're trying to think, you know, maybe you're, you're, they're framing it in a way that maybe he's the killer or that he has something to do with it. But as you go further along, you realize he, he's really got nothing to fucking do with it other than the fact that, you know, that's his parents, right? Yeah. He, he's really not taking part in this, and none of that shit has a payoff other than the very end that we'll get to in a minute. So, like, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> his deal is. Well, I mean, I, I guess I guess the, the the whole connection with him is just the fact that it sounds like him and his dad are in cahoots to to you know try to pull this off. <laughs> well, you know, like you don't know as you go along through the movie here, and you know, spoilers. You know, we'll get to it in a second, but you don't know who this guy is, right? He just says he's evil. You don't know who he is, right? You don't know that that's mm. you know the 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 twist or the plot twist toward the end, right? You don't know who he is. So, like, they set it up like, well, maybe he's got something to do with it, like you said, but, like, I, I don't know. There's just no payoff to it. Like, I guess maybe, like, eh, maybe we should set it up this way just in case we want to go that direction. But then when they decided to go in a slightly different direction, like, eh, he, he kind of had something to do with it, but not really. Um, yeah, I, I was I was sitting there watching. I was like, what would be kind of like a cool twist is, like, you know, this is a, a year ago, and now this is her son this year, you know, like, some kind of like twist like that because yeah. they got a, they they chose two actors that look a lot alike to, to be father and son in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Lieutenant Clayton comes along and he confirms that you know yeah they did find a body at the uh, sanitarium. So now evil you know he's still out you know doing mischief. He puts a mustache disguise on and then he just finds two <laughs> finds two ladies in a bar, and they easily go along with him. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, but before you before you think that that first theme song is like you know terrible or whatever, it gets stuck. In, I mean, it's catchy, but you know you hear it a bunch of times. It's wor- it could be worse, like this scene when they have that really generic disco music yeah. playing in that club. He's in. <laughs> he's got the fake that thing on picking up the girls, and you know. And then uh, then after that, I think after he picks up the girls, right, it cuts to the, one of the girls he picks up is a blonde girl, and she's obviously ditzy. Mm-hmm. And they cut to one of the punk bands at the at the New Year's show playing a song called dumb blonde yeah I think it was. yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it was a nice little uh, cut there for sure. Um, you were the exact type of girl I expected to meet there. Yeah. <laughs> dumb and blonde, you dummy. Um, but he's got them both in the car, and then he stops at the liquor store. Like, by the way, the whole time she's in the car, she's just annoying the shit out of him. I mean, it is talk, 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 talk. You know, he's even looking at her like it's almost a little bit of comedy relief, right? But they stop at, they stop at a liquor store, and he makes the other chick go in and get, like, uh, buy the biggest bottle of champagne or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and then he just goes over there and just chokes the shit out of her, the first lady, with a weed bag. So <laughs> He's like, hey, you want to smoke some weed? Look down here in the bag, and then puts the bag over her head. <laughs> And then with chuck, no weed in it. Well, no, there was some weed in it. There was. Was? Yeah, like when you see it go up, you can see there is something in there. Um, but the thing is, though, why did he put the bag on her head? Because he didn't really use the bag to snuff her out. He just put the bag over her head and then choked her to death. So, like, why use the fucking <laughs> bag? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the, the old weed bag trick. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Check out this weed. Huh? <laughs> choke, choke, choke. Uh, but then the other lady comes out. And she walks down the alleyway because she doesn't see anybody. And then he, he attacks her from the dumpster. But it is a cool little thing where it's like she looks down in the dumpster and then he cuts, like, flicks the lighter on and he's just, boo, you know, <laughs> with the mustache. Um, that that was, then the cops come along and then uh, the, the cat jumps out of the dumpster or whatever. Um, but then they, as the cops, like, after the little dumpster thing with the cat, they go over to like this little, I guess it's like somebody's backyard or a little park or something nearby. And they find the first one, like the first lady, you know, who's dead, like been choked out or whatever. She's hanging on a swing or like, what do they call those? Like the little round, not monkey bars, but like the little chains that have like the round hoops on the end of them. She's kind of just hung up on that. And then the other lady just at right at that moment comes down the slide dead. <laughs> Very uh, uh, well t- well timed death slide there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then, evil gets away, and I he's done changed into another outfit here. He's dressed like a priest, and he comes up on this motorcycle gang and he hits them <laughs> in his car, and then they just chase him like, "Hey, motherfucker!" You know, so they're chasing him. And they end up at the Van Nuys Drive-In, who there's a big sign outside that says, The New Year's Spookathon, eight horror films, Dust of Dawn. This would have been awesome. Like, if this, you know, I'd yep. love to go do something like that, right? Like, go to the to the mm. drive-in and have, you know, Dust of Dawn, Spookathon or whatever. But so I was just reminiscing that they need to do that shit again. Yeah. These days. <laughs> Those were the days. But uh, as he's in there, you can see on the screen, there's like a trailer or something for... Uh, like a double feature that's about to play for bloodbath and blood feast. Um, I saw a note about that though, that like when you see that uh, playing on the screen, it's not really, that's not even the, that blood feast yeah. that they're referring to. Yeah. It's, it's a different one. It's uh, the red queen kills seven times. Uh, from... I wish it was the Italian giallo film. So that's what yeah. you're actually seeing on the screen, but it sounds like it's a trailer for Bloodbath, Blood Feast, right? So yeah, they they this is playing in the background as the motorcycle gang is like looking for him in there as he's hiding. Um, then eventually he comes out of the car, runs across. One of the bikers like confronts him and he stabs him. Then he steals another car with a woman still in the back, because you know this guy and this girl were uh, making out, you know, about to have sex, and then he jumps in the car and the, throws the guy out, but she's still in the back. 
Um, eventually, he stops on the side of the road. She runs. Uh, the cops show up at the same time. And then, uh, basically, as he's about to, like, kill her, she's hiding up underneath these, uh, this building or whatever. The cops run up, so he just runs off. So she's she's she survives. Man, you skipped over one of the best lines in any movie ever. Oh, okay, go ahead. Sir, I don't, I don't have any money. Oh, God, I, I, I'll give you this and, and whatever's in my purse. I mean, we could even screw around if you want to. <laughs> I won't put up no fuss. <laughs> <laughs> what, how did she word it? She said... She said a very early '80s thing for like having sex. It was it was. Yeah, I just make like get it on. Yeah, <laughs> get it on if you want. Yeah. yeah, we can do the deed if you want to. <laughs> I mean, look, I was sitting here ready to go, so I mean, oh, yeah, I'm already halfway there, so you know, <laughs> it's the female equivalent to blue balls if you want to finish. That's all I'm saying. Um. <laughs> I mean, come on! Are you going to do this without doing that? Come on! Come back! <laughs> come on! You got a bad case of the blue ovaries. <laughs> blue ovaries. <laughs> the shit. Ugh. So, <clears throat> back at the old, uh, you know, uh, New Year's countdown at the the hotel, or whatever. The cops seal it up, so like they're not going to let anybody leave or come in at this point, because now they just assume that evil is on his way. Um, which would, which really that sentence sounds a lot cooler than it is in this movie. Like e- evil is on its way, but you know, <laughs> has a different frame of reference in New Year's Evil. Um, so he shows up, <laughs> he calls like a cop over, like, "Hey, over here!" And then the dude walks around the corner and he hits him with a brick, and then he uh, takes off the, you know, the cop's uniform, puts it on, and then he's just able to walk right into the hotel. Yeah, not only that, but like, you know, that. That cop was a little bigger than what that uniform. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. It still fit him perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's one of those like Back to the Future Part Two type outfits where yeah. you know you can hit the button and it, you know, <laughs> auto laced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, but, you know, what would be even better is if you'd have just been walking around with the sleeves dangling and the pants legs over his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> they would have noticed. <laughs> Was it like a normal thing for cops in the early 80s to walk around with boomboxes? Yeah. <laughs> right. And the other the other cop just looked at him and he was like, well, oh, okay. <laughs> that looks about right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, well, who am I to question? 1980, man. That's all. You know, that's, that's where we'll, <laughs> we'll say that there. Uh, Derek, once again, he pops back up and uh, he has another like little wham wham moment with his mom and then he leaves the room and all of a sudden her husband Richard shows up and this is I guess this is the lame one of the lamest reveals ever as oh by the way Richard is evil like you know if you didn't know it up to this point you'd just be like who is this guy you know like they didn't shy away from hiding his face and then all of a sudden oh he shows back up and oh Richard you, you know where have you been I thought you were uh you know, out partying or whatever the fuck you're doing. No, no, you know, just been around killing people. Um, but, you know, so there's your big reveal right there, kind of nonchalantly. Oh, yeah, by the way, Richard is uh, is the dude that's been doing all this. Um, but he puts on this Laurel and Hardy mask. Isn't that what we established what it was, Laurel and Hardy, right? Yeah, I believe so. Whichever one is Laurel and Hardy, I can't remember. But, you know, the guy with the long face and the big nose, like, he's got this mask on and he scares her with it. And then basically at the same time, like, you know, in a, in a cut scene over in 
another room in the hotel, the cops put it together that Richard is the one that's been doing this. It's like, wait a minute, you know, we got the license plate, this, that, you know, connecting it to the motorcycle gang. Holy shit, he's the one. Um, so then he rigs up the elevator to make, to make it, you know, I guess where he can control the speed or whatever, it drops, rises, whatever, while Diane and one of the cops is in the elevator. He makes the elevator drop. Now, this is weird. Like, the elevator drops, and they, Diane and the cop just fall to the floor, but they basically kind of pass out. Like, <coughs> I've never been in a falling elevator, but I don't know if, like, I make it to nope. the bottom, but I'm okay. Like, it didn't, you know what I mean? Like, it dropped, but it didn't drop all the way to the bottom. <laughs> it, he just made it stop, and then they just fall out on the floor like, <laughs> and then the door's open, and he, he just kicks the fucking cop right in the face. <laughs> And knocks him. So that would knock you out. The elevator, I'm not sure, but get kicked in the face. That'll do it. And then basically he reveals to Diane right there in the elevator that he's evil. The guy that's been calling and committing all these murders and everything. So she's just like, what the fuck? Why? Uh, well, basically you didn't pay me enough attention and you, you emasculated me because you made more money than I did. Right. I mean, that's his motivation pretty much. Right? Yeah. Well, that and the son. <laughs> well, that you, I, what, that he treated, she didn't treat him well enough. She's treating the son the same way. Yeah. And, you know, the, the son had gotten the, the big movie part, and she wouldn't give him the time of day to, to so, let him even talk about it. So that's why he killed everybody. And now, <laughs> Well, I'll ask this. Well, that and he's criminally insane. <laughs> Literally, because that was part of the revelation, right, is that he once was at Crawford Sanitarium, right? By the way, this, this dude who is insane, been in a sanitarium. It was a lot of things. Yeah. Really good costume design, uh, how to work an elevator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how to bypass an elevator's like switches and systems and everything. <laughs> he, he's a clever nut. But basically that's his motivation. Like, I don't want to be treated like shit. Give me, give me more of an allowance, you know. Uh, so that's just why, why he's been killing everybody. But then he chains her to the bottom of the elevator, like, you know, in the elevator shaft, and then starts to send it down. Um, meanwhile, like, this hotel, what, what is it, maybe 15 stories? Like, it seems like it takes forever for this thing. Yeah, to that's something like that. Wherever the fuck they're at to, towards the bottom. But the cops arrive just in time to have, like, a shootout with them. And as they're having the shootout, I guess that kind of shorts the elevator out by accident, basically, and stops the elevator from killing Diane. Um, so Richard, uh, running from the cops, runs up to the roof, puts on that Laurel and Hardy mask. He says some crazy shit. I can't even remember what he says. Some, some quote from a movie or some shit, right? And, uh, oh, God wept. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, Pinhead shows up and pulls him apart. Um, <laughs> no, he, uh, he just fucking puts on this mask, says some stupidity and then jumps off the roof. So now he's dead. Uh, Derek shows up, you know, to his dad's corpse there on the ground and takes the mask off, which, you know, in a fucking crime scene, you would easily be able to do, right? Like, mm. you just, you'd be able to just walk up, take the mask, look around, and walk away. Um, it was the 80s, man. Yeah, 1980, huh? Uh, so then they're putting Diane, she's, she's still alive, but they're putting her in the ambulance, and they're back there, you know, like, working on her or whatever, and then it pans up to the front, and apparently he has killed the ambulance driver, Derek. And he's wearing that, that fucking mask, and he looks at the camera. Uh, New Year's Evil by Shadow plays yet again. Credits. 
So there we have it. New Year's Evil from 1980. A good good way to start off 2022, right? I guess, Donnie, we'll start with you. What, what's your star rating? What are your thoughts on the movie, man? Oh, man. Uh, you know, it it's like Smoke said. You know, you, you could do better. You could do worse. But uh, I'm right around. Uh, it, you know, it, it had me. It lost me probably about an hour into it. Um, now I'm just like, okay, when is this over? Um, I'm about a star and a quarter. Um, you know, you could, you could do worse, but you could do a lot better. Will, where are you at? Yeah, I'm going to sit at about a star and a half, you know, roughly the same area. Um, I mean, you know, we've done plenty of movies where it's like, how did this movie get made and then put out? You know, this is, this is horrible. This, this movie was put together. It's, it's fine. There's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. It just, to me, like nothing never was really there. You know, it just, it, it didn't hold me for the, for the beginning, middle, or end. All right, Smoke, what do you got? Yeah, like I was saying, it was, it as Donnie reiterated too, we could, you know, you could do a lot better, you could do a lot worse. But I'm a little bit more forgiving when it comes to 80 slasher movies, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'll, I'll just spit it out there what my rating is real quick is, uh, I give it two and a quarter. And, uh, again, that's just because of my preference for, like I said, more, being more forgiving for some of these 80s horror movies. Uh, but now two and a quarter for me when it comes to, to slasher movies is, is in that interim thing. Like I said, you could do worse, like Home Sweet Home. I mean, you could do much worse like that. <laughs> uh, and you could do even just a little bit better. Like uh, certain of uh, the, well, I don't know how many slasher films we've gotten to that have kind of been the middling sort of middle ground slasher movies. But uh, you could definitely do better like The Prowler. Or the other one I mentioned, the burning. That's the next one. Uh, just before dawn. Hell, like you can keep going with uh, ones that are better than this. But uh, there's still something that that'll bring me back to it occasionally. This is the third time I've watched it, so give it another few years, maybe I'll pull it out and watch it again. But it's definitely not one that I'll what could watch over and over again. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with two and a quarter. Um, I'm gonna land somewhere in the same range. I'm gonna go two, um, just because I think that's about where it falls on my scale. I, I didn't. I didn't necessarily love it, didn't necessarily hate it either. I, I don't hate it. There's a lot to be enjoyed here. Um, you know, the song is catchy. You know, they, they cram it up your ass, but, you know, it's going to be stuck in your head for a while after you watch it. So um, there's that. Uh, the credits, man. The credits are pretty good. I was glad when it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Those ending credits were even better. Um, no, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. You know, like, like you said, you know, it's. It's of it's of the time period for sure. It's definitely very 1980. Considering what we you know learned earlier that it was basically filmed about two months before it came out, uh, I think it's pretty well put together considering that. Although there are still a lot of like things that they left hanging out there. I'm not even going to say plot holes as much as like we're going to establish something and then never really explain it. Like the stuff with the kid, you know, the son Derek. Um, I, you know, I guess they explained it enough to say, well, he was neglected. So that's still not an explanation enough to, you know, put pantyhose on your head and stick a fucking pin through your ear or something like that. But um, it then, puts no, the lotion on its skin. Yeah, like that's not enough to make you go fucking crazy. But who am I, right? Like I guess you know everybody reacts to shit differently. Um, <laughs> the one thing that <clears throat> stuck out to me that I wanted to talk about just briefly was. He mentions that like um, I'm gonna kill every I'm gonna kill somebody at the stroke of midnight, you know, East Coast 
central blah, 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 right? And he says something like someone close to you. But they never explain what the relationship was with these people. Like you get Yvonne at the beginning, right? Like she's like her assistant or her friend or whatever. Although I'm not sure if that one was one of the stroke of midnight kills or whatever. But that's just the first one at the beginning. But then he kills the nurse at the sanitarium. What's the connection there? Just the fact that he was at a sanitarium? <laughs> if that's the case, then why would that be close to her? What does that nurse have to do with her? They never explained it. The two, the, the ditzy blonde or whatever and the other chick that he kills the next time. What's the connection of them to her? There was no explanation there. Maybe uh, I think it's just a, uh, a collection of murders leading up to somebody close to her at midnight where she is at. No, he said it's going to be... The way I understood it was it was going to be somebody close to you every hour ending with you. Right? Like, you're the one at the stroke of midnight West Coast. So, he kills the, the two, you know, the blonde chick, right? And the two girls from the bar. He kills... The, the nurse and then I guess Yvonne must have been the first one right and that one makes yeah. that one makes sense but the other two don't make sense or at least they don't explain it or maybe there's some director's cut or something they left out that explains it more like who they were not that it's that big a deal but you don't my point is, is you don't set something up and never pay it off the setup was like each one of these persons that die are supposed to be close to you like well explain that to me why why was that nurse close to her? I'm thinking like, oh, shit, that's her sister or something like that. Then when they find out, like, oh, God, somebody got killed. Oh, that's terrible. So we need to lock this place down so this nut didn't come kill me. You know, like, they never explained the connection. I just thought that was random, but whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoyed the movie for what it was, even though they had a lot of explaining to do in certain ways. But, you know, I think the payoff was a little weak. You know, so, uh, I mean, honestly, if... If the payoff was a little better, I probably would have gave it a slightly higher score. But, you know, hey, this is what we do here, right? We watch these kind of movies and, and give our grades on them. So here we are. <laughs> All right, Donnie, so for the first segment, I guess I'll go ahead and toss to you. Connections from the crates. Yeah, it always gets me. Um, so, yeah, uh, with uh, Crypt Connections, uh, we take the current episode and we try to link it to um, uh, a past episode with either cast or crew. Um, the only connection I could find in this uh, uh, for New Year's Evil was um, John Green, uh, part of the, one of the uh, cast members, um, he was, he played uh, a coach in um, Never Too Young to Die, which was, I believe it was our episode number 24 or something like that. Um, but yeah, that was the only connection I could, I could, I could find. Interesting. We haven't, I don't think we've had too many pulls from Never Too Young to Die other than Gene, nope. Gene Simmons. <laughs> just about anything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it other than that. All right. Uh, so we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and toss to you. Uh, so I ended up uh, with seven. Uh, you got uh, Yvonne and Nurse Jane, who both got stabbed early in the movie. Uh, Sally, who got uh, suffocated. 
uh, Lisa who got weed, stabbed. Via weed bag. Uh, the biker who got stabbed in the stomach. Uh, Richard who jumped off the top of the building. And although we didn't see it, we did see the remnants of the ambulance driver. Okay. At the very end, as it drives only, off. The only possible debatable one was the motorcycle. You know, the biker. I'm not sure if he died or not, but, you know, either way, right? <laughs> it's a movie. He died. <laughs> we'll go with it. Fuck it. <laughs> all right, so smoke that leaves us. This leaves it all up to you now. Gore score. Oh, yeah, well, unfortunately, as, uh, as I was talking about off the top, that first kill where it was pretty bloodless, a good portion of the movie is that way too. I mean, that, which is not not a good thing when you got a, a slasher movie. I don't think from the '80s. I think needs to have. If you, you know, they're not. None of them are going to have a, a great, fantastic storyline to begin with. So at least you could have some good splattery kills to offset that. And unfortunately, we didn't really get too much of that. Uh, there was a few, but none of them were. I mean, the one the one kill with the switchblade might have been the second kill, the first one at the stroke of midnight or whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember, I do remember that was like, a, it wasn't all particularly bloody because you don't really see, but you see the knife going up in the air. And But every time you would come down with the knife, they would cut to the New Year's party and there'd be like a party favor going off, you know, yeah. like the mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, I don't remember how many times he stabbed, maybe four or five times, but every time was going down with the knife, it was like, well, a party favor sound or something. I thought, I thought that was pretty uh, ridiculous. It was humorous at least anyways. But And then, you know, he'd come back up and there'd be a little bit of blood on the knife or a little bit more blood the next time, but nothing particularly gory or graphic about it. So, and pretty much most of the kills were that way. You'd see some of the aftermath, like the, the body would mm, pop out and you'd see the throat would have been split, but it was after <laughs> aftermath stuff. And, yeah. Right. It uh, was pretty bloodless, to be honest with you for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's just a matter of me deciding between a three and a four. And, uh, I think I'll go with, uh, I mean, you know, you did, it was violent to a degree. So oh, I think, yeah. yeah. Find that error on the end of uh, four, I guess. We'll go to four. And like I said, that was it's a it's a a mile to four, but it was there. I mean, there was switchblade kills, but not necessarily. You're not going to see Tom Savini style effects where you see the actual stabbing or anything like that, or blood bags and all, and whatnot. So we've had the the beginning uh, the beginnings know. of a run here with you know it being kind of mild because the last movie review we did was the Ginger Dead Man, and you only gave that one three. So I. I'd put it about the same, give or take, you know, maybe yeah, a little more. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I was, well, while I was trying to think about this and talking about it, I was pulling out the Deep Red Horror Handbook from Chaz Balin because I hadn't even looked it up on this yet. Okay. <laughs> so when I got to it, I wasn't even sure if he did this one or not. But he did, and he gave it a four. Oh, there you go. So I, was pretty good, I was pretty good at guesstimating what it is. What it yeah. <laughs> You've gotten really good at what no, Chaz we'll go with said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a... Fairly bloodless four, but you know, since there is, it's there. It's just not, you know, not the what, not what you want to see. For I mean, for those of us who love slasher films, you expect you don't get that expectation out in this movie. And I don't know if it's because of, I don't know why they were squeamish about the gore. Maybe the the special effects makeup artist wasn't up to the, the you know, up to being able to do those types of effects. Yeah, for my uh, uh, when I was doing the uh, Crypt Connections, kind of. Um, uh, just looking at it, it, there was only one makeup artist. That was it. So they must. Have oh had, yeah, yeah. I, must... I, did, I had to look it up too. It was Julie Julie Purcell who yep. 
worked on some other movies, including Cujo. So, I mean, I don't, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe, they, maybe it just wasn't in the script. Maybe they didn't want to go that route. I mean, it, it is pretty early on in the slasher. I mean, hell. Could have also not been in the budget. Or it could yeah, or it might have been just in the time restraints because like yeah, we said <laughs> they flipped this thing well, around no. pretty fucking quick, so also the yeah. way this was shot. I mean, I think it may have been honestly just a uh, artistic way of doing it, you know, like you had talked about with uh, uh the party favor shooting off every every time yeah. they stab. And I remember there was uh the the, the uh, suffocation scene where uh, like the guy had the hazard lights on and uh, to me it almost sent like a heartbeat you know, every time it flashed, and then when she was yeah. dead, the hazards went off. Yeah, true. So, yeah, they might have been trying to, like, just not go that route with the extreme graphic violence and just be, yeah, being artistic with it or humorous or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. but I guess, uh, so there you go. Cumulatively, we all uh, came together and gave it a rating of 1.75. So that's one and three-quarter stars, you know, if you add them all up together and average it out. So... Uh, I, I guess uh, in general, we would recommend you going out and watching it at least once, you know, see it for yourself, especially if you're a fan of like early eighties slasher flicks. Um, but it's probably not one you're going to love, you know, like to watch on repeat, uh, you know, unless uh, this is just the kind of stuff you like. Right. So if you've got some stuff to do around the house, like folding clothes, <laughs> painting a wall, <laughs> watching the paint dry after you've painted it, you know, <laughs> Put, putting a fan on low and watching it dry as slowly as possible. Um, <laughs> this is the movie for you. No, I mean, you know, like I said, it, it, it is what it is. It's worth checking out once. So there you have it, New Year's Evil from 1980. Oh. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. Before we before we get out, and I came into the show a little bit late. I, I didn't come in off the top, so I'm not sure if y'all mentioned. Did y'all mention the date this movie came out on? Yeah. Uh, December well, 19th, 1980. Well, I, You know, I was looking at that too, but did, I, I had – Googled the movie to go to see some other trivia just outside of IMDb to see. IMDb has it listed as the 19th, but everywhere else I saw listed the movie as December 26th. And what is today that we're recording this, but December 26th. So that's a weird synchronicity that's happened a few <laughs> times before, or yeah. more than a few times. I think. That is odd. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So I, don't know, right, I don't know if it's the 19th or 26th. All I know is that every other source that I saw for this movie, well, once I saw it once, I looked up at some more just to see if that was the case. And you know, every other place listed December 26th for some reason was the USB. It could have been one of those things where maybe it was released on the 19th in Chicago, limited Chicago, New York, yeah. L.A., something maybe like that. Maybe a limited then, release, yeah. uh, limited early release. Uh, although, like I said, I couldn't find any box office numbers on it, so I don't know if it ever got a, a truly quote-unquote wide release or not. But um, either way, yeah, I mean, you're, you're – you're talking the difference of a week, right? So either way, um, yeah, I thought that was weird that we've we've done that. I don't know how many times. Oh yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> more than a handful of times that we've gone up to record a show or release the show. Well, usually we record the show, yeah, and end up finding out later that it was like within on the same day or within a couple of days. <laughs> I mean, we do put a little bit of legwork into like, all right, well, it's New Year's, so let's do a New Year's movie, that kind of thing. But we don't get into the minutia of dates and anniversaries and stuff. We always end up tripping on those by accident. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we're not that smart. So, <laughs> we're not that clever. So, there you go. All right. So, I guess that'll close the book on New Year's Evil. So, I think it's a great beginning to the year. But, um, like I mentioned earlier, next week, we're going to do our first Spook Show Rewind episode where we go all the way back to episode one and we give Donnie a chance to talk about Reanimator. 
So come back next week for that. That's going to be a good time to kind of revisit that one, and that's obviously one of our favorites. But then in two weeks, we're going to be coming back and doing our next movie review, and that's episode 91, where we're going to be talking Malignant from 2021. So that'll actually be the fourth movie from 2021 that we've watched. Um, So I'll give you the brief IMDb synopsis on that one. Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are, in fact, terrifying realities. Boy, is that an oversimplification of what the hell is going on in that movie. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. This one, you know, I think it came out back in September of, uh, you know, 2021. And uh, that's one that I wanted to get us to talk about ever since. Like, uh, But we just haven't, you know, through the holidays and stuff, we just never really had an opportunity to line it up. So first chance we got... This is it. So we're going to be watch, sitting down and watching Malignant finally, all four of us. So come back in two weeks for that on episode 91. And then uh, just, you know, since we have that Patreon poll out last month, I will tease that that will be uh, the payoff for that, if you voted on the poll, will be on the January 31st episode, episode 93. We'll reveal, you know, we'll reveal what won before that. But right now we're not going to reveal that just yet. When we get a little bit closer, we'll let you know which one won. But this is kind of the official kickoff, the Canon Month here on the Spook Show. Throughout the mm-hmm. month of January, we're, we're dipping in and out of Canon films, and we'll be talking about the history of can, the Canon Group and everything uh, here in the, here in the next few weeks. So stick with us this month, and then uh, you know we got a lot of fun, more fun things in store for February and beyond. So I guess that's all that needs to be said about New Year's Evil and Canon and everything for now. So come back next week for Spook Show Rewind Reanimator. So for Donnie and Will. Professor Smoke. I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Horror Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. <laughs>